Hey guys, welcome back to Sarah Says, the podcast with me, Sarah, CEO, Chief Scrunchy Enthusiast over at Sockbun Studios, talking about whatever it is that's on my mind. Happy Falalala holidays, everyone. We are here the week six, Thanksgiving week, the most movies every year. I should go back and see how many movies there were last year compared to this year because this year absolutely annihilated me. I don't know how I physically got through 16 movies Wait, did I count the... It doesn't matter. It might be 15 movies. It's either 15 or 16. And frankly, we have so much to talk about. I don't have time to dilly-dally at all today. I'm going to try my best to keep all of these reviews for each movie to five minutes or less so we can fit all 16 into one podcast. This is going to be hard. Grab your waters, grab your eggnogs, grab whatever holiday drink of choice you have, and let's go. Okay, but to start, I just did the math and it was 15 because I have not downloaded Hallmark Movies now, which I have been told you can get a subscription so you can download it for free to watch movies on Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A. This is not sponsored. One of my amazing TikTok followers, hopefully you are listening, told me about this. I'm so excited. I need to go do it. I haven't done it yet. Anyway, we are starting with a season for love that was Hallmark Movies and Mysteries weekly movie. This aired on Wednesday. So normally this year they've been airing on Thursday. They aired this one on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. And I was honestly looking forward to it, thought I was going to cry, thought it was going to be so good. Starred Brendan Penny, who is one of my favorites, Stacey Farber, and then the two boys were Asriel Dahlman and Benjamin Jacobson. I expected so much. It reads, Maddie's adopted son, Wesley, has just one Christmas wish to meet his brother, Cody, who was adopted into a different family. This movie was a four for me. Now let's quickly look at the other reviews. Great story. Great movie. Loved it. Sweet story. Needs a part two. Just okay. Okay. Uh, The character of Paul was too much, being too set in his ways. Other characters were good. I love the relationship between the boys. It was too much coincidence that the adopted boys ended up having already met. Okay, fine. Um, What family? Question mark. First negative review. Storyline was a good idea, but the male lead was so confused and out of sync. Which they said, S-I-N-K. About the shop, the adoption issues, and running away. And didn't know what his wife would do, knowing what he knows now. Then he didn't know his wife at all. Why would you bring up the female lead knows how to play the piano when she's only an adopted mom? I could go on and on. Sorry. Why does Hallmark's story take 85 minutes to tell the story with unnecessary issues and the ending only take five minutes? Again, sorry, but it's only my opinion. Hey, Patrick Q. That's okay. That's what we like around here. We like opinions. I, okay, well, not necessarily agreeing with Patrick, but this, Brendan Penny's character, Paul, was so annoying. I'm I'm looking at the timer right now. He was so annoying to me. So he and his son, Cody, Cody does not know that he is adopted. And Paul's wife passed away a couple of years ago, and they had agreed before she passed away that he would tell Cody when he was 10, and he's, like, turning nine or is nine. So when Maddie and her son, Wes, show up, because they have found out through a DNA, like 23andMe, basically, that he's actually got a brother, and he lives in, were they Boulder? They were in Colorado, Boulder or Aspen. Um... They go there also because her family is there. While she's there, her dad's like, hey, I want to hire you for like my super swanky 
ski resort here. I want you to be the GM. Like, would be a great job for her. It would mean that she gets to be close to her parents, who she had a great relationship with. Would mean that her son Wesley would be able to have a relationship with his grandparents. And Paul over here is like, don't. I just can't believe that you would want to move here. Like, I, the, then Wes and Cody are going to want to be around each other, and I'm just not ready to tell him things. Dude, you're going to tell him soon-ish that he's adopted. You're going to tell her, don't take a job, don't move closer to your family, because then I'm going to have to tell my son that he's adopted, even though I'm going to tell my son that he's adopted. The whole adoption reveal completely fell flat for me. So at that point, I thought, okay, I could still cry depending on how the adoption part goes. Cody's like, dad, are you trying to tell me I'm adopted? Because he just couldn't get it out. He's like, well, when people have baby, well, when mom, when a mom and dad have a baby, well, in the, well, like, dude, spit it out. And so then Cody's like, are you trying to tell me I adopted? I'm adopted? And he's like, how did you know? And he's like, well, like, I, I can hear people talk. Like, I have ears. And I can hear you talk to everyone. And then he's like, are you okay with it? And he's like, yeah, that's totally cool. Like, as soon as I knew that Wesley was adopted, like, that's cool with me. So then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll cry when the boys find out that that is... And I, like, I almost had a tear. And then, you know, Paul's like, I'm so sorry. I completely over... Like, yeah, you did. You did. But, like, just the whole... Everything behind it, the whole time I'm like, Brendan... This is the worst role you've ever played. This is legitimately the worst part you've ever gotten. I did not like it. I don't know how they could have salvaged this in a better way unless he had gotten his head out of his proverbial you-know-what about 30 minutes beforehand. Anyway, okay, we're past five minutes. Time to move on to the next movie. This one was a four, though. It's like, I didn't hate it. Would I purposefully rewatch it? No. Did it make me cry? No. So it's obviously not a five. But not only is it just not a five, but Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, you missed the mark on this one. Uh, however, it is better than Christmas Bedtime Stories last year. That one absolutely remains your worst movie, quiz, quickly followed by, um, like, Meet Me Under the Christmas Tree. Anyway, I digress. Let's move on. Moving to actual Thanksgiving, we had Catch Me a Few Claws on Hallmark Channel with Luke McFarlane and Italia Ricci. This one reads, Avery Quinn is an aspiring news anchor who's finally getting her big break on her station's Christmas morning newscast. But that's put in jeopardy when she captures an intruder in her home wearing a red suit claiming to be Chris, Santa's son, who is on his first mission. I finally just marked it as a favorite. I have decided I'm marketing it, marking it as a favorite. I really loved this movie. I thought it was so funny. I was, however, extremely put off. Not put off. I was confounded. I was flabbergasted. All of my gabbers were fla- All my flabbers were gasted. That's my saying that everyone loves at work. When it starts up, and they're like, good morning, Dayton, Ohio. I- okay, I don't have time for all of the shock sound. Shocked. Silence. For the fact that <laughs> I live 15 minutes away, 20 minutes away from Dayton, Ohio. You can't be serious right now. Hallmark, why are you so obsessed with me? What, like, why are you so obsessed with me and you didn't pick me for anything? Anyway, I digress. Okay. 146 reviews. Just couldn't finish. Way too silly for me despite uh, both liking both the leads I tried. 
Uh, face palm, absolutely corny, not in an endearing way. It was barely watchable, terrible, ridiculous. Okay, so much fun. Sweet movie. Loved it. Favorite. Playful. Fun movie. Such a fun film like Santa Stakeout. Yes, okay. Great morning bye. V-I-E. Okay, great movie. Not the norm. Absolutely love this movie. Ugh. Uh, so cute. Okay, well, let's see the ugh here. This had a lot of potential. Love Luke and Italia. Even though the whole being Santa plot was silly, it definitely worked and could have been really cute and fun. What completely lost me and ruined the entire movie was the hostage situation. It was like a goofy kid spy action movie. I found that part of storyline confusing and couldn't follow what was going on? Definitely didn't help that I just couldn't pay attention because it was so dumb. Ugh, not sure why they thought this was the turn the movie should take. Definitely not one I'll be rewatching. Yeah, okay, so results seem mixed here. On TikTok, also, I was getting... I was getting both sides. I was getting, oh, I hated this movie, and I was getting, oh, I absolutely loved this movie. I thought this movie was so fun and playful. I love Luke McFarlane. He has the best chemistry with all of his female leads, and it blows my mind how, as a gay man, he has such great chemistry with all of the female leads. Like, I genuinely think that he could just get married to any of the women that he's played against, because he... Uh, the straight men need to take lessons, obviously. Um, that car makeout scene, you gotta be kidding me. I was, I was like, oh, Luke, Luke, hello, Hallmark, hello. I, I really enjoyed this movie. And it was really funny because for being set in Dayton, Ohio, obviously they didn't shoot this in Dayton, Ohio. I would look it up, but that would eat into my five minutes of time here. Um, uh, but the her house actually looks like a certain neighborhood of not Dayton, closer to Springfield. Not the point. That's a little nitpicky. But I'm like, yeah, no, that house actually could be in Dayton, Ohio. See, now I'm super curious about it. So I'm going to look it up and I while I finish talking. And I'm probably going to have to tell you in the next review here. Um, so anyway, I I really enjoyed the movie. The whole... I guess I sort of get their whole point about the stakeout being, or the, um, what you call it, the abduction part being weird. Yeah, they filmed in Ottawa and Ontario. I I knew they didn't film in Dayton, Ohio. But, um, so yeah, she is trying to become a news anchor. Her mom was a news anchor. She really wants to, but she's just so nervous that she keeps fumbling it up. So when her when her chance comes, um, she is like, yeah, I'm going to do it because the person that normally does the 5 a.m. time gets laryngitis. But then that night, who happens to quote unquote break into her house, Chris, and he's not breaking in. He just got the wrong house with the wrong gift for a child. And she's like, oh my God, you stole that from him, her? And she, he's like, I didn't steal it. Like, that's where I'm supposed to be. And uh, they have this whole thing of Santa caper going around and they try to figure that out. And it has to do with a disgraced ex-mayor. Honestly, that's on brand for Dayton as well. Anyway, I were over five minutes on. We just went over. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I was laughing out loud a lot. I will say, though, the ending felt really rushed. I mean, sometimes, like, that's not necessarily a new thing, but the ending felt extremely rushed at the end. His dad shows up 
And then he's like, hey, you want to go take a vacation like Bora Bora? Yeah. Ending, I, I could have had a better ending to it, I think. But overall, I really enjoyed it. Moving on to Friday. So Thanksgiving week, Hallmark puts on two movies, one at six and one at eight, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So the first movie at 6 p.m. on Friday was Letters to Santa, starring Katie LeClaire and Rafael de la Fuente. I marked it as a favorite. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I posted it on TikTok and I'm like, oh, marked it as a favorite, loved it. Every single person was like, oh my God, I hated this movie. It was so bad. Zero out of five. I'm like, what? (laughs) I have never posted a review loving something and everyone hates it. Now, I have posted one before, The Dog Lover's Guide to Dating or something, and I hated that movie. And not everyone, but a lot, like, I think there were like seven or eight reviews and like seven out of the eight liked the movie. (laughs) And I was like, maybe I missed something here. I personally think everyone needs to go back and rewatch this movie. Let me convince you why in like four minutes and something. When young siblings receive a magic pin from Santa that appears to be granting wishes, they request a Christmas gift they want more than anything for their separated parents to reunite. Okay. 51 reviews. Perfect. Great movie for Christmas. Good idea. Loved it. Five stars. Letters to whom? Kind of boring. Dear Santa, loved it. One of the best holiday this season. Worst one. Okay, I did not enjoy this movie at all. First, it shows Grandma taking the letters out of the mailbox so kids watching know it's not Santa. Also, it drug out so much and going back and forth arguments. Actors had no chemistry and I didn't even want them getting back together. It won't last. (laughs) It's like this fake, this fake marriage, not gonna last. Um... Better than expected. Okay, my daughter and I both really enjoyed this movie. The kids were great. The different backgrounds of the couples were believable and made everything else make sense. The letters written with the magic Santa pen were sweet and things resolved themselves in a natural and timely way that made sense and didn't rush. Well done, Hallmark. See, okay, thank you. Thank you, uh, Carrie J. That's exactly what I think too. Now, I will say that Katie, is that her name? Now I gotta go look. Whoops. I did not pay attention when I was looking at the names. No, Rebecca. Sorry. Her name is Katie. So Rebecca. It's Rebecca and Enrique. So I will say the one downfall to it, the one part that makes it, for me, made it a 4.75 is she was a little, it was a little like, I need a break. I need this time. I just need to get through this. Literally, she was emphasizing I so much that I'm like, okay. I need you to take a deep breath because you are stressing me out over here. Like, you give absolutely no leeway to Enrique for anything going on because she's just like, I have to do this and I need a break and just let me get through this point. So I will say I did not enjoy that. Do I think that that is very real, though? Yes. So the whole crux hinges. They've been separated for four months because she quit her job teaching to start writing children's books. Enrique told her to do this. So she did. And she found success. So she gets this $10,000 advance for another book. And she tells Enrique, I want you to use this money to pursue your music because you gave me the opportunity to pursue my dream. Now I want you to have the chance to pursue your dream. I think that's very sweet. I think that's great. He takes that money though 
and gives it to his mom. So that way she doesn't have to close down the family restaurant. And this is where Rebecca is like, that's not what I gave you the money for. Like, you put the money into this. Now I don't have a book. And we got to, like, it's due. It's due up. Or we need this money back and we don't have the money because you gave it to your mom. And he's like, I couldn't let the restaurant fail. That's not what family does. And his sister comes home and she's like, Enrique, like, she grew up as an only child. She didn't have this kind of system going on. Like, that's just not the way she was raised. She doesn't understand this about family. And I'm like, that's fair. Would I, would I have also been upset if I were her? Yes. Now, she did give him the money. So like, in a way, it's like, okay, but you gave him the money. But I think it was like, I'm metaphorically giving you this $10,000 to pursue music once I have the book, you know? And it's just he took that money and then without saying like, hey, I love this and I appreciate you, but I need to go like I need to help my mom. They get it worked out in the end because and his mom does talk to her and she's like, you know, I know Enrique doesn't want to be part of the restaurant forever. We're already over five minutes, but I'm convincing you here. And um, she's like, I like I know he doesn't want to be part of the restaurant forever. That's why I hired this other assistant manager and by the end of this year, I've made the money back and I'm going to give it back to you guys because it was never meant for this. Like I want, you know, you're getting it back. And she's like, oh, well, you know, now, now I feel really bad about all of this. They go to marriage counseling and the marriage counselor's like, you guys got to find time to work on you. These kids though, also super cute. The beginning, the little boy's like, I just think that we should be walk into this with open or realistic expectations about asking Santa for things with a quote unquote magical pen. And she's like, no, thanks. <laughs> I love that. The pen's not magical. The grandma had been filling all of the wishes and then the sister steps into it. Like I loved everyone in this cast outside of Rebecca. Just it was just a little over the top self-centered at times. But again, she works out in the end. I thought they had great chemistry. He looked at her at one point and he's like, what's the number one thing on your Christmas list? And I was like, oh my God. Anyway, I highly recommend it. I think you need to go back into it with open eyes and try it again. Because I'm, I'm still so shocked at how much people hated the movie and how much I loved it. Moving on to the Friday 8 p.m. movie on Hallmark. That was Holiday Road starring Sarah Canning, Warren Christie, a whole bunch of other people that they literally never put on the app here. It reads, when bad weather leaves each of them stranded at the airport for the holidays, a tech entrepreneur, a travel writer, a devoted mother and her son, a stubborn senior, an enigmatic woman with a hint of mystery, a couple traveling from Hong Kong, and a social media influencer all agree to rent a shared van to embark on a road trip to Denver. This is the year of Colorado on Hallmark Channel. Um, I love this one. I didn't mark it as a favorite. It is a five, though. Did I put it as a five on here? I, I swear I kind of got... I marked it as a 4.5. Um, yeah. No, it's... A, well, I might... Well, I might just be being picky about that. Maybe I should mark it as a five. I'm going to give them a five for that one. Um... I will say, I think Maya, as the influencer, at the beginning, she was a little over the top for me, but um, yeah, overall. You know what? I'm putting letters to Santa back to 4.75. I'm not letting y'all bully me out of that one. <laughs> okay, so, um, all right, 170 reviews. 
One of the best movies this season. Favorite movie year. Road Trip. Enjoyed immensely. Um, Loved this. Uh, Best move ever. Great. Magnificent. Loved it. Wonderful. Best Hallmark movie ever. Tugs the Heartstrings. Loved it. Shockingly good. A different holiday adventure. Uh, Better than I expected. Couldn't finish. I feel as if I'm in the minority, but I couldn't get into this one. I turned it off halfway through. I found the characters to be more annoying than enjoyable. I appreciate different storylines that come with comedy, but this one missed the mark. Okay. Entertaining. Pleasantly surprised. Cute movie. Great to watch. A plus. So good. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with the, I agree with the majority here. Not the, I feel like I'm in the minority. This was very reminiscent to me of Christmas at the Golden Dragon last year, which also had Sarah Canning in it. And that's what I said when I previewed it. I'm like, it looks like it, that's what it reminds me of. I had been a little worried because I feel like Hallmark has really lost the plot a couple of times this year where it just, there's so much going on, like never been Chris, that it's not good. But I was hoping that it was going to be like Christmas as a golden dragon because that one was so good last year. And it was. So a lot goes on. Like they're all trying to get to Denver for different reasons. And then snowstorm comes, shuts everything. It was snowstorm in Denver comes. So then no one can actually get there. So it's an 18 hour trip from where they are starting from. And Warren Christie's character gets the last, Clay gets the last van and he gets like this huge van. So Dana, played by Sarah Canning, gets, has all these other people. And then she's like, hey, can we all go? And he's like, not you. And so she's like, whatever, don't take me because they get into a fight at the coffee shop. She's like, don't take me. Please let everyone else go. But then everyone else is like, look, there's still room in here. Don't be a Scrooge. So he allows her to go too. They drive. Clay at first has this whole plan. He's like, this is what we're going to do. Three hour intervals. We should make it there by tomorrow. And she's like, yeah, that's great. That's never going to happen because life happens. Then obviously life happens all over the place. So like the mom and the son, she keeps having these random panic attacks and turns out that her son is adopted. Also the year of adoption, I think. And they're going to meet his birth mother. And so she's like, I just don't think I'm okay with this. I don't know why that just made me emotional, but it did. Um, And he's like, you know, mom, you're my mom. Um, like, yeah, she gave birth to me, but like, you're my mom. So they have that. You have Dusty, this old crotchety man, and he's going home to visit his daughter with a random bundle of cash in his back. Not sure why that was there. And, uh, turns out his daughter had passed away three years ago. And the couple from Hong Kong, I don't know that we ever got their names, but like, the husband wasn't happy at all to be going to her sister. She was happy, but she was like so anxious to get there. The father and the son, their son, were had been feuding, hadn't been speaking because they allowed him to go to college, university in London, and then he didn't want to work for his dad. He stayed in London. And she kept telling him, you can't allow someone to dream and then not let them dream. So when they get to her sister's, the son walks out and I think it's the guy from Christmas at the Golden Dragon and uh, like the brother, Rick. And uh, he was, you know, and she's like, look, I didn't tell either one of you that you were going to be here, but like this feud is killing me. You have to make up. And they do. That was super sweet. <laughs> Why am I so emotional now? Um, <laughs> Hallmark Movies and Mysteries said, we're not going to make you cry. It's going to be Holiday Road. Um, And then, let's see, Maya, the social media girl, again, I just ran over five minutes. She 
she was real she was kind of like really over the top annoying at the beginning but then like she gets home and her parents aren't there and so like in the end everyone ends up going to her because she puts out this thing like you know even though i'm alone for christmas i still know blah 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 like that was super sweet um who am i missing and then oh ember the single mom at one point she takes all of dusty's money at the end and then she brings it back to him and that's when she finds out that his daughter had passed away um and now like now i think he's gonna kind of like be adopted by her in a way like as the as the dad figure in her life so is that everyone yeah i think so and then and then you have dana and clay so clay had started dating app because he'd gotten his heart broken and dana has a bum heart i honestly thought she was gonna have cancer and she was like when i turned 18 I was like, that's it. I'm going to start living my life because, you know, anything could happen any day of the week and I'm not going to just lay around, watch everyone else live their lives. So she really gets Clay out of his shell and they end up together at the end. It was, it was really good. It pulled everyone together. I feel like everyone had a good ending and yeah, and the, the very end was really sweet. I mean, they all bring their own traditional foods and stuff over to Maya's, and it was it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Last movie on Friday night was GAC. That was the Candace Cameron Bure movie. Yes, she moved from Sunday over to Friday. Uh, with My Christmas Hero with Gabriel Hogan, it reads, Nicole is dedicated to helping military service members and their families. This Christmas, with the help of many heroes, she will be on a mission to honor a fallen soldier and bring much-needed healing to this family. So it's her family, and it's she wants to find out what happened to her grandfather in World War II. Her grandmother has recently passed away, so now they feel like they can look this up because it was too much for her grandmother at the time. And I was I was so unsure of where to place this movie because I'm like, it did actually make me ha- like get teary-eyed a couple of times when talking about her grandfather, like other World War II service members. So I'm like, well, I guess it's a three. But her acting was so bad. Her acting was bad. And the there was this scene, I swear to God, it's a, it's a fever dream. They have an ugly sweater Christmas party. But instead of like a party that you are thinking of, it was six grown adults sitting around a circle in the living room talking about what their ugly sweater meant to them for their Christmas spirit. And then they equated all of them back to Jesus. And that's not a joke. That's actually what they did. Down to Candace in her Christmas sweater dress going like, and the star reminds me of this star, the star of Jesus that tells us that he like, God, it's a cult on that channel. I swear. Okay. 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Let's see what they say here. Uh, 10 out of 10. Movie with value. 10 out of 10. Wow, wow, wow. 10 out of 10. Yes, I gave it a 10. 10 out of 10. Heartwarming. 5 out of 10. No one did their research. Okay. Claiming that her grandfather died when his unit was attacked in Italy just before the last Christmas of World War II is not possible. Italy was liberated before D-Day on June 6, 1944. The veterans 
they are saying is a World War II veteran is too young. All of these veterans that would be living would be in their 90s. This guy doesn't look like a man in his 90s. Candace's character's mother would be 80 at the youngest if her father was killed in World War II Italy. Instead, she looks like she could be in her 60s. By the way, the mom was Terrell Rothery. You know how obsessed I am with Terrell Rothery as moms. Like, they're all... She pod- I was like, no, not Terrell. What'd you do? Um, the movie looks like it was shot on an extremely low budget. The acting of the main characters is good, but Candace and Gabriel don't have great chemistry together. This film is cute still and mu- mush better than that fiasco Candace did last better, last year. The thing is, though, as a fan of Candace's films, she has not done a real good movie since leaving Hallmark for GAC slash GAF. It's time for her and Danica to get back to Hallmark. <laughs> Zero out of four found this review helpful, FYI, just so you're aware. At least Mary Newcomb 2013, she has a backbone over here watching GAC movies. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else that I want to say about this movie. She meets Gabriel Hogan's character, which, by the way, he was he is pretty cute. Um, she meets him, so she's an orthopedic doctor. She meets him when he like twists his knee, basically, and immediately he's like, "I want to take you on a date." She's like, "Oh, ha, 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 no, what's my name?" Ha, ha, ha. Girl, you are forty seven. What? What are we doing? Anyway. It was weird. That was weird. That was uh, like, I swear to God, and this is going to be more evident by the very last review. That channel is the complete vibes of we dated for two weeks before we got engaged. Uh, Not a joke. That's what happens in the last movie. Spoiler alert. This movie, I ended up marking it a two. I, I kept, I was like, maybe it's a three, but like with an asterisk beside it because I just don't know. And Sue, she was like, Sarah, say, say what you feel. It's a two. And I'm like, you know, it is. It is a two. It's not good. Some people are going to like it. Most people aren't. Moving to Saturday. Christmas in Notting Hill was the 6 p.m. movie on Hallmark Channel. Starred Sarah Ramos and William Mosley. Look, I was thinking this was going to be five level. I was so excited for this movie. I loved Sarah in A Kismet Christmas last year. I love William Mosley. Justice for the Royals. I will say that every single time I mention that man's name. Or like Elizabeth Hurley. Or anyone else that's in that cast. Except his brother. Weird. Robert. Um, I need a conclusion to the King Liam forever. Um, anyway, I was so looking forward to this movie. I'm giving it a four. There were some super cute parts. There was a well-timed Ted Lasso joke. It involved being in London at Christmas. You guys know how much I love that. They sang Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by NSYNC, like another NSYNC reference. Love that. William was great in this movie. Like, I thought he was great. I didn't really love Sarah's character. It reads, famous soccer star Graham Savoy has always been too busy for love. But when he comes home to Notting Hill for Christmas, he changes his mind after meeting Georgia, a visiting American and the one person who has no idea who he is. 44 reviews. Cute. Surprisingly a good movie. Okay. Better than average. Very cute. Notting Hill movie loved the nod to the original movie Notting Hill with the horse and hound magazine okay watchable it was a lot going on two daughters sisters in love with two sons and brothers like seriously the two main characters could not tell that their siblings were dating all that while most of their conversations revolved around them I get that they never met but come on (laughs) I agree Uh, wasn't into it worth the watch just okay Fun and different. Absolutely fantastic. Score. Love it. Love the British angle. Amazing. Just okay. 
completely adorable and on my favorites. Not a fan. It's okay. All right. Mixed bag here. So I am going to stick with the four rating. I've I've been pretty pretty clear on that rating for this movie. And like I said, it's getting it because I loved basically the whole surrounding cast. I loved the location. I loved the Ted Lasso. I loved the in-sync reference. Loved all that. When Georgia, so Georgia is a special ed teacher. She's gone to London to visit her baby sister who has moved to London and they're going to spend Christmas there. Her dad's coming into their mom had left. So it's just the three of them. And she has always felt like she's partly raised her little sister. Um, when she gets there and she meets Graham, Graham is a footballer and he has been injured. So he is actually home for once because normally he's playing football, uh, you know, aka soccer. And if you're listening to this in America, I do actually have a fairly good audience in the UK. So I will stick with football here. Um, and so he's home and he's met with his little brother and his little brother's like, hey, I really need your help because I'm going to propose this Christmas. And he's like, I'm on it. So when he and Georgia meet, not only does she not know who he is in the sense of him being a famous footballer, she doesn't know that he is her sister's boyfriend's brother. So they hang out a couple of times. They really, like, at that point, I thought it was super cute. Love them together. When she finds out that he is a famous footballer, she's just like, oh, okay, well, I gotta go. Like, well, okay, I gotta, I gotta leave. And it was like, okay. I mean, I guess maybe, I don't know. Uh, I mean, not limelight's not for everyone and that's fine. I understand that. Um, so then she pretty much immediately finds out that he is the brother and, and she knows at that point because he has told her like, oh my gosh, like I almost lost my brother's engagement ring and he's going to propose and all this. So then when they meet, like when she's with her sister and her sister introduces the boyfriend and then the boyfriend's like, oh, hey, yeah, this is my brother. She's like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. So then, so she knows the sister doesn't know the sister that is then like, oh, I think he's going to propose. They get into a fight and it's basically just you know, she lives in America doing her thing. She is thinking about taking this like travel abroad, special ed uh, teacher position. And she's like, you know, I've just missed out on so much. Like, how could I not know that my little sister wants to get married? Like, you guys have only been together for eight months. Are you really sure about this? Because it's only eight months. And she just gets really standoffish with Graham. And that's where I don't love it. They also made her so, so pale with such dark hair and such dark lipstick that I was like, this just, she looks sickly. Like this doesn't look natural. Anyway, um, like, like I said, if this had been set pretty much anywhere else with probably anyone else, my, like minus the supporting cast, like I really loved his mother, uh, minus the Ted Lasso and all of that, like, probably wouldn't be a four. But, like, at that point, that's where you're taking so much out that you're like, yeah, see, it's a four. Um, but, like, just the plot, I guess. The the main chunk of the plot line I could have been a little stronger for me. But overall, it's a four. I think you should watch it. Moving to Saturday's 8 p.m. Hallmark movie, that was Haul Out the Holly 2 Lit Up. Once again, starring Lacey Chabert, Wes Brown, Melissa Peterman, more people. 
Um, oh, Stephen Tobolowski as Ned and Ellen Travolta as Mary Louise again. It reads, uh, as the holidays approach, Emily and Jared are looking forward to celebrating the holidays together again, this time as a couple. Emily, now embracing Evergreen Lane's uniquely festive spirit, is ready to work with Jared, Ned, Mary Louise, and Pamela to make this year's Christmas celebrations the best yet, even if being the HOA president's girlfriend doesn't stop those dreaded decorating citations. I marked it as a favorite. I love this movie. Now I'm just going back making sure <laughs> that the fives are where they're supposed to be. Good. I left it as a five. Um, oh, you know what? I gave Christmas in Notting Hill a 3.5. That was supposed to be a four. Sometimes, you know, I, I mark it as soon as the movie's over. And sometimes, you know, you got to let it simmer a little bit. Or, you know, immediate reaction. Maybe that was the one. Maybe it was a 3.5. Um, okay. No, I do have Hoth the Holly lit up as a five. I actually enjoyed this one more. I think I laughed more in this one than the first one. Equally laughed hard in both. Like, Ned is legitimately one of the funniest characters ever written. I would have this man as my next door neighbor, across the street neighbor, cul-de-sac neighbor, whatever, just because I think he would have the most fascinating stories. Would I believe, like, any of them? Probably not, because they are just, like, bat crazy you know? But would I have him as my? Absolutely. 100% yes. Um, it also had, now, okay, I am going to go, I don't know why they didn't do this, because they have, like, the, the protagonist here. They don't have those two characters in here, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Okay, Seth Morris and Jennifer Aspen play Joe and Jane Johnson, aka the Jolly Johnsons. Also has, um, the return of her parent, oh, and Eric Mabus as Alan, Melissa Peterman's, um, Peterman, uh, yeah, uh, uh, like, elusive husband that at the first one when he showed up, I was like, oh my god, remember Christopher Palaha just showed up in the first one randomly? Um, anyway, I digress. <sighs> I'm just keeping to a time limit here. So, we're back year two, Holly, or Emily and Jared <laughs> living happily, both in their separate houses still, but living very happy, uh, dating, and Emily is very much into the Christmas spirit this year. Jared is planning to propose to her. He wants this big elaborate proposal. And then one of the houses go up for sale and they all stand around. They're like, who's going to move into this house? Well, it's going to be the Jolly Johnsons, Joe and Jane Johnson and their son. And so everyone at first is really excited because they're like, oh my God, these are like the Christmas superstars coming in. Emily's like, oh, wait, what a minute. Um, so they come in and pretty, pretty quickly, you're just like, oh yeah, no, we are not going to mesh here. So what ensues is just like a whole bunch of back and forth. Like they want to change the cookie contest because, um, uh, Melissa's character, Pamela always wins. And Ned is like, yes, I'm totally on board with it. And they were like, oh, well, sorry, like everything, like any changes have to be voted on before the tree lighting ceremony. Like <laughs> they're so excited about that, but then they end up changing it anyway. Um, and Ned kind of backstabs everyone and he's like, a man has to go, like he can't serve two Santas. <laughs> so then they call her parents to come in and help uh, get everything back in order. I just really love this series and I super, super hope, this is my fervent hope, that we are going to get a third one and it will be their wedding 
And honestly, I could also see this being a Christmas in July movie for the third one. I don't know. It's such... I feel like they would think that would be a waste of time to put it on Christmas in July. But for the setting of it, I feel like they could do it as a Christmas in July movie where, for whatever reason, like, they think they're going to get married in the summer, but then, you know, they want a Christmas wedding or something, you know, whatever. But, um, no, I hope that we get a third one because I, I just love this series. It's like one of those things that... I just want to keep going back there. I don't want to stop going to Evergreen Lane. I would live there in a heartbeat, truly. And I still want that coat. I loved it. Uh, some people, like, and Wes Brown was less unhinged in this one, which I think is a good thing. I mean, he was, like, so unhinged in the first movie. Uh, this one, he's a little toned down, and I, honestly, I think it suits better. Um, yeah. Once again, five out of five. A royal date for Christmas was GAC's Saturday movie starring Danica McKellar and Damon Runyon. This movie, I need everyone to be fully aware of this. I haven't not finished a movie since 2020. I have watched every bad movie all the way through. I mean, I've watched every movie, good or bad, all the way through since 2020. That's the last time there was one movie on Lifetime. It was a baking movie. It was so bad I couldn't finish it. It had Erica Durant in it. I watched one hour of this movie, and that includes commercial time. And it was so bad. And I had too many other things going on. I was like, I don't care enough to finish this movie. It's a one. This might actually end up being a zero. You know, like maybe that means it should be a zero because I didn't actually finish it. Maybe it's a 0.5. I don't know. Maybe a one is even too generous here. Crown for Christmas. GAC said, we got that at home. Okay. But he's a Duke. He's not actually British. He's going to have a terrible British accent. I think he and Stephen Huzar went to the same school for language because they both had the worst, the same worst, the same, yeah, the same worst British accents ever. It reads, Bella Sparks runs Bella's Boutique. Stefan needs to be outfitted for a week of high-stakes meetings after his luggage goes missing. She accidentally discovers Stefan is actually Stefan William Francis Brown, the Duke of Tangford. Yes, the Duke, Duke Brown. That makes perfect sense. Brown is his last name. Like the color. Um, I I honestly don't want to talk about this movie because it was so bad. It has a 6.6 rating, though. Let's just see quickly. 10 out of 10. Duke Charming. Classic fairy tale story with a duke instead of the prince. Love Damon Runyon and Danica McKellar. Paired up in this modern day, not a Cinderella story of blooming love, beautiful etiquette, respect for tradition, honoring Christmas past getting past grief, and dealing with the paparazzi. I enjoyed watching the story unfold and glad for how the modern-day challenges were addressed. Writers do a good job displaying what disrespect for formalities can breed. Supporting cast is fabulous. I am now a fan of Patrice Goodman, Deanna Jarvis, Vicky Popvis, Nigel Hammer. Sets, music, costumes, all were thought out and presented. Backstage deserves kudos. Felt refreshed, uplifted, and ready for a Christmas party with traditional Christmas carols and food after viewing. 
And then 10 out of 10. This is my new favorite Christmas movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It had romance, funny moments, and the chemistry between the two lead actors was phenomenal. Not sure why a few people rating it low. I guess there's always a few that have issues with their lives and watching truly feel-good movies makes them even more miserable. I am hoping for a sequel or more movies with them as the lead actors. This movie is up there for me with the Christmas card. You will not be disappointed at all watching this. The storyline was cute and all the additional characters brought life to the story. Sorry, but not sorry. I'm a diehard romantic Christmas movie fan. Okay, Janelle Schutz. I guess I just have terrible things in my life and I'm prepared to ruin it for everyone. This movie was so bad I didn't even finish it. And I watched that Crown Prince of Christmas movie with Cindy Busby last year. And that I ranked a zero. I actually finished. I should have stopped watching that movie. You know what? I'm going back and changing that in the spreadsheet. This movie is a zero. <laughs> I'm going right now. A royal date for Christmas. Because I knew, if I didn't even finish it, it's not a one. That's a zero. Okay. I feel better about that now. Glad we had this chat. Absolutely don't waste your time on this one. Rounding out the Saturday movies was Christmas at the Chalet. That was Lifetime's movie. This is their first movie that they actually wrote and produced for themselves this year. So last week's movies that kicked off Lifetime, those were both bought previously that aired over in Canada, and now they had bought them for Lifetime. This reads, ex-TV host Lex finds herself spending Christmas in a chalet with her son, ex-husband, and his new girlfriend. To avoid things getting too close to home, she volunteers to work at the chalet, all while documenting it for her new followers. Stars Terry Hatcher, William DeVry, Dan Payne, and Brendan McRae. Also, Myla Jones. Oh, that's Myla Jones. Oh, that's right. No, I knew that. It stars Myla Jones as Auto. Um, Arlie, uh, which I loved her. Oh, and Alexandra Cross as Nicola. I really liked her too. Oh, Patty Allen, Celine Tremblay. Why does she look like she was the no wire hangers mommy dearest lady? Oh, well, she's been in a lot of movies. Oh, I must know her from something else. Anyway, not the point. Don't have time. Don't have time. Um, okay. So this has, see, there's no way. This has a 6.6 .6 rating as well on IMDb. That's criminal. I marked this as a five. I'm obsessed with this movie. This is why I was so mad at Lifetime because they barely have any movies and they didn't write even like a quarter of them. They just bought a whole bunch of movies from last year. Now, last week paid off for them. Christmas plus one, far better than Planes, Trains, and Christmas Trees. I didn't hate that one though. I hated laughing all the way. That one's the one that's coming on Sunday. But anyway. 8 out of 10. Seasonal charm and cozy cringe. Unwrapping the festive magic of Christmas at the chalet. Okay, whatever. Uh, 8 out of 10. Chalet superlative. 4 out of 10. I wanted to like this movie. Ugh. 7 out of 10. The Terry Hatcher Christmas movie. 3 out of 10. Unbelievable board. Okay, whatever. We're not paying attention to IMDb reviews. Don't listen to the IMDb reviews. Listen to me. I am the one that's going to tell you if it's good or bad. This movie is so good. This movie is so good. Terry Hatcher plays such a great role. So she is, she's recently divorced. Her husband cheated on her, played by Dan Payne. It, does anyone else, just every single time I see Dan Payne, I just see him as the father from the Descendants movie, like married to, he is the beast. He was married to Belle. Um, so 
He had cheated on her, so they are now divorced. Her son, George, super great kid. He is, like, and he's super close with his mom and his dad, like, but he's very respectful of his mother's feelings and stuff, which I also love. Um, He's like, Mom, you should come to ski with us in Colorado. I don't know where they are. Aspen? Boulder? Aspen? I don't know. Denver? (laughs) I think Aspen. Uh, Somewhere in Colorado. This year of Colorado. And she's like, oh, I just don't know. She's supposed to go on a date with some guy. He cancels. And so she's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Let's go. So she goes. She thinks that she has booked a room, but then the room um, reservation didn't actually go through. So she's like, oh, shoot. Okay. Well, um, do you have literally anything? And Eric, who played by William DeVry, is like, look, the only thing we have is a staff quarter because we need another, (laughs) we need another chalet girl. And she's like, all right, then I'll be your chalet girl. And he's like, well, chalet person, individual, like, (laughs) as he's like, well, you're not really a girl. She's like, whatever. I don't care. So she becomes a chalet girl, chalet individual. And she takes on the role of like cleaning and helping in the kitchen and so on and so forth. And at first he's like, you know, but you have to clean toilets. And she's like, do I look like I'm too good to clean toilets. And and then he gives her this uniform and she's like, I am not wearing that. Like, (laughs) so it's like, am I too good to clean toilets? No, I am too good though to wear that hideous uniform you want me to wear. And they end up getting really super close. Uh, Their chemistry was great. And this is where I'm like, this is what GAC is missing because Terry Hatcher is in her 50s. And she played this mature love story so well. She's Being 50 does not make you decrepit or anything, but it also doesn't make you the giggly teenager, the way Candace portrays it in My Christmas Hero. And uh, Candace isn't 50 yet, but she's 47. Like, we're closer to 50 here than we are where I'm at 35. So she plays it so well. They have this dinner scene at one point. Well, before the dinner scene, he's like, he, cause he gives her ski lessons and stuff because she wants to go skiing like on Christmas day, um, with her son and ex. And like the day before that, he tells her like, I don't think you should go. And she's like, Oh, what you like, you just said my skiing was really good. He's like, it's not that it's that I think it's beneath you. Like you deserve more than that. And I'm like, round of applause for this man. So then they go to this dinner and he's just like, he's a narcissist. (laughs) He's just showing you who he is. Like he's never going to change. And I'm like, oh my God. And then she's like, uh, okay. And then she goes to give him advice. He's like, well, I think you're overstepping. And then he goes off and then she's like, all right, well now I think you're overstepping and I think I'm going to leave. And he's like, wait, what just happened here? I'm like, bro, you fumbled that bag hard. Anyway, they make it all together in the end and she shows off, shows up her ex because uh, he like leaves her on the freaking side of the mountain, whatever. She has to make her way down. For a second, I thought she was going to get hurt. She didn't. Um, And then she's like, you're never going to change. And she's like, you know what? This is done. Like, I thought we could do this together as a family for old time's sake, but you are never going to change. Like, we are George's parents. So for that, I will be forever thankful and I will wish you nothing but the best. 
but we are done. We are never getting back together. We are never rehashing anything ever again. Go live your life. I'm going to go live mine. And I just think that is so respectful and so well done. And I loved that. Five stars. Lifetime. This is why I want you to do more movies because you do them well. Okay, I really don't want to toot my own horn right now. We're at 51 minutes on this podcast right now, and we are to the Sunday movies. I'm crushing it right now. I'm patting myself on the back. We are to Sunday. We're almost there, guys. I know you're waiting. I hope you didn't fast forward just to get to a Biltmore Christmas. Starting off 6 p.m. So we're not starting without TV because we started an hour earlier with our Christmas mural. This was the 6 p.m. movie on Hallmark Channel starring Alex Paxton Beasley and Dan Janelle. I gave this movie not a hint of being good. I was like it two and a half at best. <laughs> I gave this movie not a chance of being good. Five stars. Marked it as a favorite. This movie was so, so good. Okay. It reads, Olivia is a single mom who returns home for Christmas. Her mom secretly enters her into a mural contest. She wins, but partners with teacher Will to create a Christmas masterpiece. That synopsis literally gives this movie no justice. This is like Ghost of Christmas Always last year. I don't have time to go down a rant. I, I was just like, who is this random man? The, the synopsis was so weird. I cried. I cried again watching it this year. I love Ghost of Christmas Always. This so good. Went in expecting nothing. Loved it. For only 15 reviews. Worth the watch. Cute movie. It felt like the writing was done in slow motion. So many pauses between sentences. The dialogue was slow. The story was slow. It was like watching water boil. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, six crowns. Kind of slow, but storyline was sweet. Sweet. Good movie. Uh, very slow movie. Very good movie. Surprise standout. Thank you. Here we go. This was really nice. Not face pace, not fast pace, but it, I mean, it does say face, but it was supposed to say fast. But love seeing Dan in this role and loved his banter. This was nice and didn't feel as overdone drama as many of this year's felt more character driven and enjoyed the dynamics in the family and friends group. The end, like all Hallmarks, feel rushed and quickly wrapped up neatly, but this actual, but was actually glad I watched this and found myself laughing and smiling and looking forward to dialogue. I know some folks find the character-driven more boring than the action focus, so get it. Won't be for everyone, but this was a win and unexpected gem of the season. Okay, no one's talking about the most heartwarming part. Okay, so Olivia walks in. First of all, Benjamin Ayers walks on. He's got a cameo. He is her boss. And he's like, hey, you're such a great job being an art curator. Our grant hasn't come through yet. So you might not have a job in the new year. I want to give you plenty of heads up. Thank you. That's actually very kind. So she's like, well, what am I going to do? So she takes her son, goes to her parents' house, a couple of hours outside of the city. And there, her parents are like, oh, but you're such a great artist. Like, you need to hit it big so that way we can make all of this money. The dad's like, yeah, I got that painting in there. Like, I'm ready to hit it big. And then the town is doing this mural contest. So her mother secretly enters her into it and she ends up winning from that painting. And she's like, wait, I didn't even, what's going on here? She has to work with Will, the um, art teacher. And at first, because when they first met, things did not go well. So she's like, oh God, I do not want to deal with this guy. But he's like, all right, well, here we go. He 
is introduced to her son. And her son is not nonverbal, but he is very shy and very apprehensive. Doesn't do a lot of talking, doesn't do a lot of mingling. And they come to find out through Will helping him with art therapy that, you know, he's still just grieving the loss of his father. And Will is like, oh, I lost my dad when I was a kid. And, you know, I know he's so proud of you. I know he's here watching you right now. We can talk about him whenever you want, if you want to. Like, and he's just working with them with the, like, you know, different art modes. And it was so, so sweet. So good. Then Olivia is talking to her mom, like, and at the, towards the beginning, when she's first harping about Will, her mom's like, well, I'm sure. And she's like, you know, I wish you could just take my side instead of some random man that you've never even met before. <laughs> and I'm like, are there cameras in my house right now? Like, I have said that about my own mother a few times. I'm like, why? Why are we here? Love that line. So she gets to this point where she has this conversation with her mom. And she, and I will say, this is the one part where I was like, well, that's dumb. I'm like, well, that, nope, that's dumb. Because um, she's like, well, I have to live in New York City because that's where our life was. And that's where Tommy wanted to live. That's her husband that had passed away. She's like, and if I don't live there, then I failed and all that. And I'm like, that's a lot. Like, I don't know how we got from that point. I don't know how we got from point A to the point Z you're trying to make here, but that was a lot of reaching there. And her mom's like, that's all wrong. Like, that's not it at all. And I just thought it was a very frank heart to heart. I thought, again, great relationship with her parents. Her parents were new cast and they were also great. I thought her chemistry with Dan was great. Honestly, this movie was just another win for me. And I was super nervous posting the review. <laughs> I just posted the review today on TikTok because I was like, oh my God, like, as I really enjoyed Letters to Santa because I felt that it was like pretty real and no one liked it. And I was like, if they don't like this one, they did. That everyone's like, oh my gosh, I didn't expect anything out of this and I loved it. So yeah, a five star. Good job. Now, 7 p.m. on Up TV, we had Mistletoe Connection starring Jessica Sipos and Mark Antrasic. You guys know I love Mark Antrasic. I think he was so underutilized and welcome to Valentine this year on Hallmark Channel. This reads, it's Christmas and Kate runs a nostalgic gift store shop in, um, in a neighborhood that has just been slated for redevelopment. A chance encounter on the bus with Mark sets off the sparks for both of them. Okay, let's see what the other one says here. Kate Snow loves everything about the holidays. From Christmas sweaters to Christmas crafts, Kate loves it all. But what really makes her jolly is Christmas time at her shop, Treasures from the Heart, that's been in her family for generations. This year, however, a developer is moving into her quaint neighborhood and trying to turn everything she loves upside down. To make matters worse, Kate has an electric moment with a handsome stranger on a bus, but never got his name and now has no way to find him. Mark Goodwin may wear expensive suits and have a big job, but underneath it all, he loves Christmas and everything that comes with it. When he has a moment of connection with a particularly beautiful stranger dressed as a Christmas elf, no less, he goes on a mission to discover exactly who she is to make his holiday romance dreams come true. But when Mark and Kate discover that they are on opposite sides of a very personal battle, it will take all the Christmas magic in the world to bring these two together in time for a truly magical holiday. Five stars. Up TV again, five-star movie. They are crushing this season. That's three out of four movies, five stars for me. 
We're Scrooge got five stars. Christmas Time Capsule got five stars. Country Heart Christmas got three. Uh, but here, Christmas can five star. Crushing it. So they meet on a bus. They have this one moment. She loses an earring. He gets the earring and then he makes a thing. He makes a post in Missed Connection. So you get it, Missed Connection, Mistletoe Connection. And his friend is like, what are you doing right now? He's like, oh, I have to find this girl. No one looks in Missed Connections, okay? This is not early 2000s. We're not on Craigslist for literally anything, okay? So nothing ever happens. Well, you know, ever by as in a couple of days. He makes this drawing of her. It was. It felt very Cinderella story-esque at this point. The friend, much again like Cinderella story, takes that drawing of the girl elf, which happens to be her character, Kate, and gets it Xerox copied a lot. Is that just dating me a lot? Like, does anyone Xerox copy things anymore? You know what I mean? Anyway, um, and like <laughs> puts this thing like, oh, and you may have my heart, like you stole my heart and you may, or, you know, like I, did you lose your earring on the bus? I have it. And <laughs> like, you may be the girl of my dreams. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, she's going to think I am insane. And the guy's like, no, 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 it's totally going to work. Meanwhile, Kate comes in. Mark is going to Kate's store. They don't know this. They don't know that it's each other. She goes to his company because she actually wants to talk to what turns out to be his boss about how she doesn't want to move out of her store. She doesn't want to give it up even with this very generous buyout. And she's like, I really need to talk to Mr. Klein. She basically like breaks in at some point because the secretary walks away and she just like kind of runs upstairs. The friend is there and he realizes that it's her. And so he's like, wait, 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 wait. He's like, who you need to talk to is Mark Goodwin. Like that's who you need to talk to. It, which is true. She does actually need to talk to Mark, but also, and then he calls him and he's like, hey, buddy, like never going to guess this. Well, Mark doesn't get that call right away because, you know, whatever. So he's there. She's now on the bus and she sees these photos. She's like, what is going on? So when she walks into the store, she's like, I just had like the weirdest day and everything. And her sales associate friend is like, hey, there's someone here to see you. And then she's like, oh my God, it's you. And she's like, so I have your heart? Yeah. And he's like, oh my gosh. And then that's when it comes out that he is Mark Goodwin. And she's like, wait, what? So they, at first she was like, I don't have anything to say to you. So he has to come up with a way like to get her to talk to him. So he comes back and he's like, hey, let's not talk about this going on. Like, let's do this instead. And then he starts helping her with this boxing day party that her father had always done for the shop to have a party for the other shop owners the day after Christmas. And, um, and they just hang out. And at one point he's like, I suggest like, I have the tomorrow off. You should take the day off. And I suggest we go do every Christmassy thing there is to do in this town. What a weird way to propose Markian. Yes. Yes. So, they do that. Like, they spend all this time together. His friend is like, what are you doing? Like, you know, this is just delaying the inevitable. Like, she has to get, she's gonna have to leave. And he's like, I know. Like, I just, I don't know what else to do. Like, I'm really falling for her and I don't know how to fix this situation. He keeps going to his boss. His boss is like, look, we're gonna get her out. I'm well over five minutes now, but I don't care. And, um, and finally, like, 
comes out like he does find the way to save the day and everything but like this movie again i was just sitting there i just had my feet in the air kicking screaming like a little girl not screaming giggling i was just like giggling like a little school girl it was so cute I loved them together. I lo- like when he looks at his friend, he's like, she's going to think I'm a psycho. I just laughed out loud. It was so cute. Up TV, crushing it. Keep it up. Okay, are you guys ready? Because I'm prepared. I'm sat. Literally, I am sat. I'm ready. And I'm going to talk about this movie probably for 10 minutes because I have the time. I have the time and I'm prepared. A Biltmore Christmas, Hallmark Channel's premiere 8 p.m. primetime movie slot. The best Hallmark movie ever made. I'm not just talking Christmas movies. I'm talking all time. This is the one. And I don't know how they could ever come close to topping what they did in this movie. This movie was phenomenal. It felt like it wasn't even meant for TV. It was literally (laughs) one of the best things I have ever seen. I will be buying this the second it comes out on Amazon Prime Video Services next year, whenever it comes out, I will be buying it. It will be put into the rotation to just watch every year. This will be a Christmas Eve, Christmas cookie baking day movie. Christopher Palaha, Bethany Joy Lenz knocked this movie so far out of the park. I, it is not often that it gets down to the final couple of minutes and I'm like, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. Like, I know what I want to happen. I don't know how we're going to get to that point though. Reminded me a lot of Ghost of Christmas Always, second time I'm bringing it up in this podcast, because that movie too, I was like, oh gosh, I just like, I want her to be in real life. Like, I want Christopher Palaha to end up in real life. How did we get here though? How do we do this? How is it going to, the fun, with two minutes left, I was like, I don't know. He maybe he's not, like maybe we're not getting him at the end. Like, I really thought he wasn't going to show up in present day. And then he, I was like, thank God. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. But like, when I tell you, it is, it is seriously not often that I'm just sitting here like, I don't know. Like, we could not get the happy ending that I want. I am obsessed. We have known about this movie for a year. Imagine knowing. Well, no. When did they start filming this? January? Well, no. Because they had to film it when Biltmore was all decorated last year. So, Yeah, have we known about this since last Thanksgiving time? We've known about it for so long that, and it's not like they were talking about it constantly, but you just had that in the back of your head that this movie was coming Thanksgiving weekend in a year's time. The weight on the shoulders of that decision, massive, pulled it off. Okay, it reads, Lucy Hardgrove is a screenwriter who lands the job of a lifetime when she's hired to pin the script for a remake of the beloved holiday movie classic, His Merry Wife, which was filmed in 1947 at beautiful historic Biltmore House. When the head of the studio isn't satisfied with the ending Lucy wrote because it deviates from the original's feel-good conclusion, he sends Lucy to Biltmore Estate for research and inspiration. 188 comments. Let's read. 
the best ever, not just this year, but the best ever, have already texted two people about it and will most likely watch again the cast, including Christopher Polanski, uh, Polanski and Bethany Draw. Okay, well, she meant Palaha, were really good. They were great. The location, the story, it was wonderful. Officially my new favorite of all time. My favorite Hallmark movie ever. Romance, fantasy, vintage, beautiful setting and costumes. Not your typical Hallmark movie. Lots of surprises. Besides Bethany Joy Lynn's always great. I'm glad to see so many new actors rather than the usual Hallmark lineup. It makes it easy to lose yourself in the story. As memorable as his merry wife. New favorite Christmas movie. Absolutely spectacular. The actors, the story, the beautiful Biltmore estate was perfect. We'll watch this one over and over and over. One of the best movies ever. This movie was perfect from start to finish. Great story and chemistry. Couldn't love it more and can't wait to watch it again. Excellent movie. The best. Best this year. Oh my heart. I gave it 50 gold stars. Magical. The ultimate Christmas movie. Absolutely loved it. Best Hallmark 2023. Best Christmas ever. Lovely movie. Best, best, best. The best. A Biltmore Christmas five-star movie. Amazing. Wow. Fantastic. Another favorite. Wow. I loved it. I, I could scroll through every single review. There's no way there's a single bad way. If there is, they're lying. <laughs> and when everyone freaked out last year about how good Three Wise Men and a Baby was, I thought, you know, is this really it? Like, can... Like, it was. It was really good. Like, but the ratings that that movie got last year were so astronomical. I thought, wow, I don't know that they can ever top it. I don't know if the ratings topped that. Let's look it up, actually, here. I just wanted to go 8.2 out of 10, 684 reviews on IMDb. Uh, I just wanted to check it out to see who else was in it. Because Mary Beth McDonoghue, no, no, she played the director. I'm looking for, okay, I'm looking for A.K. Biddinghoff, who played Margaret. I was obsessed with her. Margaret was so great. Annabelle Bork as Ava Hayward. Colton Little played Claude Lancaster. Jonathan Frakes as Winston. Uh, Jennifer Cortez as Peggy. I was looking. Who was I looking for? Oh, and then there was the cameo with Wes Brown and Rachel Boston at the end because they end up like one. Anyway, 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 I'm getting I'm getting so far ahead of myself because this movie was so good. Okay, so Lucy goes to she's writing this script. She's struggling. She needs this job. And Mr. Balbin, the now hen, which turns out to be like a little boy that she once gave a peppermint to when she was back in time in 94. Obsessed. Uh, is like, hey, I think you're really great. I really hope this works out, but this is not it for us and you need to fix it. And she's like, well, I just really think we need real life. And he's like, this is a Christmas movie. There is an exclamation point at the end. No one wants real life. Put that in reality TV. <laughs> so he's like, go to the Biltmore, go get inspired, get me new rewrites by January. So she does. She gets on a plane. She goes to uh, North Carolina, and she immediately goes over, and Winston shows her around. He shows her this um, hourglass. I don't know why I keep forgetting that word. He shows her this hourglass, and he's like, oh, you really have to see this hourglass. It was on the set, and, and if I'm not mistaken, when we first see that hourglass, it's perfectly fine. It's not damaged. So I wonder, and so she she gets on the phone with Mr. Balvin. He calls her. And she's on the phone and she flips the hourglass over. And then she looks and 
uh, all of a sudden she's on the set of His Merry Wife in 1947. Only lasts for a couple of minutes. She comes back and she's like, what just happened? I don't understand. So the next day she goes again, ends up there for an hour, finds out from Jack, aka Christopher Palaha, that there was actually a different ending from what they had. So when she comes back, she's like, no, wait, I have to figure out what this other ending was. So at that point that when she comes back, Margaret is there, played by A.K. Benninghoff, and she's like, how did you just feel like you weren't here, and now you're here, and she's like a huge in His Merry Wife fan, and she's like, okay, like, so I time traveled back to 1947, she's like, oh my god, so the next day, she's now decked out, she's found clothes, at, like, through the prop set, and she <laughs> gets dressed, and Margaret's like, okay, I'm gonna be your person here, so that way, if anything happens, you have someone that's already here. And she's like, well, I don't know. She's like, no, no, no. Like, you have to have someone in present day. So um, Lucy goes again, almost immediately ends up breaking the hourglass. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, you have to fit. Like, this has to get fixed. Prop master. And I can't figure out if that is Winston. I need to watch this movie again already to figure this out. He's like, oh, I think I can have it fixed by tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's Christmas Eve. So she has to go the whole day, basically the whole next day there. And Margaret's just like sitting outside, just waiting. And she sees that the hourglass sand just freezes. And she's like, what is going on? So Lucy and Jack spend all of this time together. They end up having to thwart Claude from trying to get Ava off the set because he is like the classic villain. His complexion, absolutely flawless. I don't know how his skin was so porcelain. I'm jealous. Um, I don't know if they had some kind of filter on. I feel like they had to have a filter on. I don't know how anyone's face could be that perfect. Seriously jealous. Um, so they spend all this time together. And Jack is just, oh my God, I'm just, like, would, would I like to go back and live in the 40s? Part of me is yes, part of me is no, you know, for obvious reasons. Like, for the fashion, for the time, I mean, not the war part. I mean, like, but that is, you know, that's a lot of the 40s. Uh, it's a good chunk of the 40s there, uh, half of them. And, but like, the chivalry, I don't know, there's just so he looks at her at one point and he's like, you lost me, bright eyes, and I would need a map to get back to you. Ah, Unwell. I, uh, now, would I love if a guy in today, no, probably not. I, if Christopher Palaha said it to me, probably. He just was the perfect, he reminded me of Cary Grant. So his married wife is not real, right? Is his marriage... Wait, I'm going to look this up. Because I thought this movie was a direct play of the bishop's wife. His Mary... If it is, I'm going to have to... 19... No, no, no. Okay, it's just a short... Okay, for a second, on that one review, I was like, wait a second. Was that a real movie? So, I think, honestly, this is a play off of The Bishop's Wife, which is a movie with Cary Grant from... This is why I did this. So that way I could talk about all these. Uh, I could really go in depth here with the Biltmore Christmas from 1947. Um, it stars um, 
Cary Grant, I was looking to see if anyone would know. Like, you're probably not going to know anyone else unless you really know old movies. This is the plot of The Bishop's Wife. An Episcopal bishop, Henry Broham, has been working for months on the plans for an elaborate new cathedral, which he hopes will be paid for primarily by a wealthy, stubborn widow. He is losing sight of his family and of why he became a churchman in the first place. Enter Dudley, an angel sent to him. Dudley does help everyone he meets, but not necessarily in the way they would have preferred, with the exception of Henry Everyone loves him, but Henry begins to believe that Dudley is there to replace him, both at work and in his family's affections as Christmas approaches. So everyone can see Dudley. And Dudley is there, and he's like, Henry, I'm here to help you. Only Henry knows that he is a ghost, and well, an angel. And, like, Dudley really gets on with his wife, really gets on with the widow, the old rich widow, with the other um, congregation member, all of this. And he's like, what are you doing here? And that's exactly, that was just the feeling that I got from Jack's character as a ghost that only um, the other guy can see. And it's to do with, like, it's Jack's, what, ex-girlfriend or whatever. Like, but he had died and he's like, that's my girlfriend. Like, that's the love of my life. And, um, yeah. So, anyway, that was kind of an aside. But I was just like, as soon as I came out, I was like, man, it just reminds me of Cary Grant, like, in The Bishop's Wife. So if you ever find that movie on Turner Classic Movie, you should really watch it. It's really good. And Cary Grant is just a looker. So Christopher Plaha, just great. And I just love saying that man's name. And they spend this time and he keeps, I mean, at one point she's like, gets this name. She's like Sandra. Uh, well, because she, they're like, you know, we've been waiting for Sandra. She's like, oh, that's me. I am Sandra. And then they're like, what's your last name? And she's like, Bullock. <laughs> So then he's like, are you even Sandra Bullock? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm obsessed with this. But um, so they have this. He invites her to the Christmas Eve, like big fancy soiree that they have. And she has this fabulous dress that Ava lends her after they convince Ava not to leave the script or not to leave the set. And she convinces the writer to give this like happier ending basically and he's like oh okay you know maybe that's right and she's like you should call your wife because he had been having marital problems and she's like you should call your wife so like he comes thanking her and he's like yeah you know she told me what took me so long she's like see and like she and jack dance and all this and then she was like i have to go meanwhile in the real world margaret is like trying to guard Winston away from this hourglass because he's like, oh, you know, have you seen Lucy? And she's like, uh, he's like, well, because we're going to take the hourglass to the Smithsonian. And she's like, wow, you can't take the hourglass to the Smithsonian. So she's like doing everything she can to keep him away. He like, she's locked the door. Like there's this parallel scene. Like she gets in, she locks the door and he's banging on it. Like, you know, Margaret, let me in. And Mr. Balbin, the senior, the director or direct producer of the movie um he shows up on set because he's like what's going on you know like you hear all this stuff's going on and then jack and lucy take off and so this parallel scene of margaret locking the door jack locking the door because they've gotten the um or no they don't have the she doesn't have the hourglass at that point but they've been told that it's at the prop master van. And so they get in there and she was like, you, I, 
I, I know you're not going to understand, but like, I have to go. I'm from the future. And she knows, like, because we know, we're told at the beginning that Jack dies on Christmas Eve the next year. Like, he doesn't even get to know the success of this movie because he dies Christmas Eve the next year. And so she, like, she's running up the staircase and, and he's like, you know, I'm happy for knowing you. And it was so sweet. I was, oh my God, it was so great. It was so great. And then she was like, Jack, wait, like, you have to know Christmas Eve, next year, Christmas Eve. And then like Mr. Balvin gets through. So she has to take off. And I'm like, no, oh my God. So she goes, she gets out to the front, like, Claude, whatever, tries to stop her. And then Ava's like, don't worry, I've got this one. And she gets to the hourglass and Jack comes running through. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, go with her. Like, just hold her hand. Whatever. I don't know how that works, but just hold her hand and go through. And he's like, you know, you can't, you can't go. And she's like, I have to. And she just touches it. And then boom, she just vanishes. And he's just like, what? What? She shows back up and Margaret's like, oh my God, like, did you get it? Did you get what you needed? And she's like, yeah, I think I did. She's wearing his watch. So he gives her his watch as a Christmas present. So sweet. So one, then it says one year later. And I'm like, okay, that would be 1948. If we're doing like, okay, if it's one year later in present day, then it's one year later in back time. Okay. And she is back in Biltmore on the set doing the new version of His Merry Wife with Rachel Boston and Wes Brown, which I was obsessed with. And they call cut. And Mr. Balvin's there, the new, the one she knows, which the little boy, because then she's like, you want a peppermint? And he's like, I've just been hit with like the weirdest sense of deja vu. And, um, and he's like, the rewrites were great. Like, this is exactly where we needed to go with it. And it like pans to Wes and Rachel. And he's like, man, what do you think? And she's like, this is definitely going to be better than Check Into Christmas, which is a movie they did. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed. That's so funny to me. And Lucy then goes, goes in, sees the cracked hourglass. So now it's cracked. And I swear if we, if I go back and watch it, I can't wait to see if this happens. Um, cause I don't think it was cracked the first time. And so she goes and she looks at the hourglass. Well, and Winston is there and he's like, oh, you know, you came to see it. Like, you didn't want to use the hourglass too? And she's like, no, like we used a much less breakable prop this time around. And he's like, well, you know, we're just getting ready to pack it up and put it away, like in storage. And she's like, oh, she goes to touch it. She doesn't. And I'm like, okay. And then she's like, goodbye, Jack. And I'm like, no, wait, like, is he not? coming <laughs> like I don't know I thought in that moment that she was either going to touch it and he was going to show up or you know I don't know because when she first gets back she rushes to his little plaque thing and it still says like passed away on Christmas Eve 1948 and so uh and like Margaret's back there again because she got to go on set which I loved that too and she's like goodbye Jack and she goes to leave and I'm like but it specifically said one year later, and that would be 1948. And like, he died, died, like, quote unquote, died. But I'm like, maybe we don't. Maybe we really aren't going to get this happy ending after all. Like, what am I going to do with myself? Am I going to cry on this Sunday movie instead of like cry happy tears? Am I going to cry sad tears? 
And she walks out into the, like, walks out the front doors. She's on the steps. And she then, like, turns around. He's there. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) I knew it. Like, I knew it. I knew he was going to come. And she's like, wait. Like, what? And he's like, turns out it's pretty hard to forget you. Like, I tried for a year to get to you. And then I remembered what you said to me about Christmas Eve 1948. And she's like, but you, you died. They said you died. And he's like, that was a story that we came up with in case I did actually make it to you. And she's like, wait, what? I don't know who he came up with this story. It must have been Ava. I don't know who. I don't really care. Oh my God. That's so good. So she's like, so you're just here now? Like you just get to be here now? <laughs> so so good. Just everything. And I said this from the beginning. There is, it takes so much to pull off a good time travel movie. It has to be the set. It has to be the props. It has to be the decor. It has to be the costuming. It has to be everything in it. And it was all there. The location, the costumes, the act, all of the actors were so on point. It was just it was so good. It did not feel like a movie made for television. It did not feel like this was a Hallmark budget movie. I don't know how much money they spent on that budget. Worth every last dime. Okay. I did not. Let's actually look up the viewing for this in terms of Three wise men and a baby. Viewing numbers. Let's see if it even tells me, like, if I get anything that I want to know. Okay. Well, this says by the numbers the making of a Biltmore Christmas. Now, I want to know... No, it's not telling me. Okay, wait a minute. It built more Christmas. Hallmark. Okay. No. <laughs> Again, not telling me what I want to know. Maybe I need to go to like Bethany's Instagram page. That is my work account. Don't want that one. Oh my gosh. I got so many chats going on here. Okay. I'm going to find it and I'm going to come back with the next review and I'm going to tell you (laughs) what it was. But this movie is so amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, honestly, guys, we are almost there. Back to the five minute reviews, because let me tell you what a disappointment the last three movies are. (laughs) A Christmas for the Ages. That was the GAC family Sunday night movie starring Natasha Beret, Candace's daughter, Cheryl Ladd, Kate Craven, and... Um, Anna Ferguson were the four, like, the heads of the family there. Shockingly, not written by Candace, which, odd, okay. Anyway, um, hmm, I was just, I was honestly thinking Candace was going to write that one. Okay, prompted by their youngest granddaughter, four generations celebrate Christmas, like 
40s, 60s, 90s, and present day. I don't know what you want me to say. Oh, oh, 6.9 out of 10, please. 10 out of 10, refreshing and reflective, worth the time to watch. 5 out of 10, not much story. 5 out of 10, pretty but not very realistic. Thank you. Love the premise of the story, but they went so overboard on literally everything. The sets were lavish and beautiful, if a bit over the top. The sets were trash. Okay. Um, if a bit over the top, as these all are at Christmas. The costumes were lovely and the actors were a great bunch of talent. No, they weren't. But seriously, there is no family who is this perfect. At least once every paragraph of dialogue, they are gushing to one another about how much they love each other and how they will always be there for each other. While this is nice, it's not very realistic. Families get together at Christmas and while they may love each other, they squabble and get frustrated with others. That's just how families are. This movie is so syrup sweet, I feel like I needed an insulin shot. Also, while I love the fact that the script isn't peppered with swear words, they really slap you in the face with a Christian. <laughs> this is only funny because literally 15 minutes in while they were doing something and whatever, however it is that they just stretch everything to then make it a thing about God and Jesus and all that, which, you know, whatever, Christmas, whatever. My mom's like, oh, let me guess. This is JAC, right? <laughs> okay. While I am a believer, if I was not, this movie would totally turn me off to the whole concept of God and Christianity. They hit you in the face with it at every turn, and it's simply too much. The whole thing needs to be dialed back to reality. This could have been so much more, but they turned it into a preachy sermon that was not relatable. That being said, there were some cute parts. I like the family dinners that were themed to different decades. Very inventive idea. The ending songs with the four generations of women was really nice. Yes, I agree. I agree with yeah, absolutely all of that. So here I was thinking that we were time traveling again, okay? Like 40s, 60s, 90s, present day. I thought we were time traveling because I saw people dressed up as Santa. So I was like, all right, this makes sense is why they put this against A Biltmore Christmas. Nothing, nothing will literally ever come close to that movie. Five stars doesn't even feel appropriate. Like, honestly, that's just like a 10 star um 10 out of 5 so no they don't they just cosplay it they just dress up they just plan some themed dinners and and yeah like yeah every every other sentence was just about something about how great they were and how much they loved each other and how they were always there for each other and they just loved each other so so much Natasha Beret's character calls the great grandmother grandma great and if you heard it once you literally heard it 150 times. Grandma Great, let me get that for you. Oh, I know the perfect present for Grandma Great this year. I just love Grandma Great so much. Oh, I just think Grandma Great's new boyfriend is so wonderful. Grandma Great, Grandma Great, Grandma. Great Grandma. What, what would possess you? Grandma Great? Grandma and Grandpa Great. What would possess you? literally anyone to say that. That was so annoying. And then, yeah, just all, you know, I, and again, I say this, I don't care that it's a Christian channel. I am a Christian. It's the way they go about it that is so weird and fake and preachy and like a cult. No, this movie was not great. I don't want to spend any more time on it. They do finish, though, singing 
Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Buy and Sync. There are spies everywhere. Tell me how Saturday they have it wasn't in sync, but it was a different version of Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. The next day, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays again. Why also, and I'm a huge in sync fan, so I love this. That's three movies this year. What is going on? <laughs> if if this is the soft launch to NSYNC getting back together, I'm okay with it. I'm just, I'm a little confused where it's all coming from suddenly right now. I'm not complaining. I'm just a little confused. Now, if anything was worse than Christmas for the Ages, is Laughing All the Way on Lifetime. This movie was bought for Lifetime. It aired previous. No. Did it? Was it bought by? I wouldn't know. You know why? Because it it's not even on IMDb. It, Jake Epstein's in it. I looked him up. It's not there. This movie is so bad. IMDb is like, no. You know what? I'm actually going to make that a zero too. I'm going to go back and change it to a zero. When an aspiring comedian is placed in charge of the Christmas variety show, she worries she might not have what it takes to pull off this make or break moment in her career until she meets a famous comedian. So his name in here is Mike Baxter. I don't know if you've ever seen Last Man Standing by Tim Allen. Funny show. His name is Mike Baxter. So every single time they said Mike Baxter, because they didn't just call him Mike. It's Mike Baxter. I've just it's like a Pavlovian response. I just thought Tim Allen was going to show up. Not one funny part in this whole entire movie. I honestly couldn't even tell you what their names are. I don't even remember what her name is in real life. Pit. I can't I don't remember and and it's not on IMDb so I can't look it up I don't I don't know what this I don't know I don't do that again I, like don't waste your time I don't know why I even gave it a one originally in the thing because that's a zero so laughing all the way that's a zero Christmas for the ages just gets a one Laughing all the way solidly gets a zero. Didn't know there were going to be two worst movies that I've seen this year, but it turns out there's always room to surprise me. I'm not going to talk about this one anymore because it wasn't good enough to talk about. Okay, can you believe it? We're finally here to the final movie. <laughs> movie number 15. So again, there was there was the Hallmark Movies Now, which was the Three Wise Men and a Baby extended version. I do plan to watch that, just haven't yet. I will try to figure out what the extra scenes are and let you know uh again go to hoopla so you can get that because there is hallmark movies now new movies coming up there are two of them so we are going to want to watch those and there was also a bet movie so technically there were 17 movies i made it through 15 of them that does include the fact that this movie was on a monday so gac Christmas in Maple Hills. GAC said, Lifetime has a mystery movie. Hallmark Movies and Mysteries has a mystery movie. We too must have a mystery Christmas movie. So they came up with the very original, very unique, never seen it before idea of having a Christmas card mystery movie. No idea. Man, they really dug deep for that one. I'm sure they've never once watched a signed, sealed, delivered Hallmark Movies and Mysteries movie. And especially they didn't watch the Christmas one of that. 
to get their idea. And I'm sure they also never watched the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries movie last year, Christmas in Maple Valley. I'm sure. Positive. This reads, Valerie Warwick, Warwick, and a dashing veteran need to track down the enigmatic owner of her family's land in order to preserve her family's legacy. Well, that's a terrible synopsis for this. Stars Emily Alitalo and Marcus Rosner. So I'm being nice about it to them. Guys, I don't ever want to see you on a GAC movie ever again. You're better than this. You're better. Emily Alitalo, this is her third Christmas movie this year. Much like Andrew Bruchel, she was like, we are going hard Christmas 2023. Yes, technically, again, Christmas plus one originally aired last year in Canada. That doesn't count. Uh, so yeah, we had Christmas plus one on Lifetime. We had Christmas Time Capsule on FTV with her now husband, Franco Lopresti. And now we have uh, Christmas in Maple Hills with Marcus Brosner on JC. Will anyone complete the trifecta? What's the movie she has? Oh, Hallmark. No, she's not going to be in a Hallmark movie. Well, not that I know of. I don't remember. I don't think so. Anyway, that's the real, like, can you do one on all four in one year? That's the true test of a Christmas actor or actress. Okay, so here's the thing about this movie. The whole time, 8.2. See, 8.2 out of 10. You're telling me same rating as a Biltmore Christmas. Absolutely not. 8 out of 10, really nice. 10 out of 10, score for an awesome and timeless movie. Okay. Celebrate Christmas present with mystery from Christmas's past to uncover the family not talked about secrets. Sheds light on relationship challenges in the main romance as well as the supporting romance and dad-son relationship. I love how this movie incorporates honor to our military who sacrificed for our freedom and exposes what the military personnel go through during battle. Once again, score big for Great American Family for being willing to show the son being willing my God, at the very end, he proposes to her and they've only met three weeks ago. Being willing? You're talking like they decided to air a movie about Hanukkah. Can you imagine? They would never. Um. So, yeah. So, Emily plays Valerie. Marcus plays, what's his name? Chase Wes Walker. That's it. Not even close. So Valerie uh, works on this dairy farm with her father and um, she wants to expand. But when she goes to expand, she finds out that technically they don't own the land. They do. But at that time, they don't know about it. And it's like some random name. And they're like, what the heck? Like, we've had this property since World War II when my grandmother bought it. All of this. We don't understand. And so they have to figure out who has the deed to the property. In comes Walker. So he is a doctor and he's just there kind of temporarily. And they, are, they're told that his grandmother took all of these photos during World War II. And so th he might be able to help because he loves his, uh, he's a good historian about this. So they connect and the whole time, now I will say, so I give this a two. This is the best out of the remaining three. Um, I couldn't figure out, I knew that they were going to end up owning the land the whole time. I just couldn't figure out what the angle was going to be. And I couldn't figure out if, who, how, like, how the grandfather was involved with Walker. Because I'm like, no, because then that, you know, that would be. Um, so I'm like, I, I, 
I don't know how that's going to work out. So how it works out is just that it is in her grandparents' name. Her grandparents met, her grandmother was like, I forget what they call it, but it was, she was part of this group of women who would basically just boost the morale of men before they went off to war. They like weren't allowed to give them their numbers, names, nothing like that. You know, just share some dances, laugh, flirt, that's it. Well, she gives this man her picture with her address on the back. He takes off. He's like, I'm going to write you every day. He gets there. The address smudged, writes off. He, Noah, he, he Noahed 365 letters for four years, wrote her every single day. Couldn't give them to her because he didn't have an address for her, but he wrote her letter every day and God bless her heart. She never moved on. She was just like, this man never wrote to me, not one single time, but I'm in love with him and he's definitely not dead. He's definitely going to come back and there's going to be a great explanation for why he never actually sent me any letters, which technically there was. Um, I mean, you got to love the dedication there from a couple of hours. Like, I just don't think they make that in today's world, you know? So they come to find out, like, her grandfather's name is Henry, but everyone called him Hank. So that's what they went by. Uh, like Marguerite and Hank. But in the war, people called him Duke. So that's the name under the property name. And the photo, Marcus finds it because his grandmother had taken the photo of Duke. So that's the, and I was like, uh, okay. So like it was a little bit where like you had to pay attention because you're like, but how, like how actually is this going to come together? So I don't hate that. I think it's complete plagiarism from Maple Valley Christmas last year without the kiss, the makeout scene on the front porch 18 minutes in, and a complete ripoff of the series Science Sealed Delivered because this is like a Christmas card mystery movie. And so I know it's going to be a series. Um, and then at the very end, and like I've said for weeks now, can't believe I've talked about this movie for seven and a half minutes so far. Um, GAC is the epitome of we met two weeks ago and then we got engaged. And I kid you not, this movie ends with Marcus Rosner proposing to her after knowing her for like three weeks. <laughs> I was like, I knew. Like, I said this. I literally said this. <laughs> so funny to me. It's a two. See, this is where I'm like, this kept my attention better than my Christmas here. But no, that's still a two. It's, I, I don't know. Sometimes the ratings, it's a little hard. Not really a watch, but if you do watch, you might, you might enjoy this one. Probably not though. And that is it. That's 15 movies, 15 out of 17. Not bad. We did it. And in less time than it took me to review last week's movies. I think I'm going to start this new format of you have five minutes, Sarah. Get it, get in, get out, get done, get to the next one. Um, Next week though, there's like only eight movies, nine movies again. But I'm like, pfft. I have so much free time again. I'm actually going to be able to watch like other Christmas movies. You know, like Christmas with the Cranks, White Christmas, Christmas in Connecticut, The Year Without a Santa Claus. I don't know. Go hog wild about it. I can't wait. Um, Because I mean, like as much as I do love watching all these Christmas movies, I do actually enjoy watching the ones that I just like enjoy watching. Thanksgiving week stresses me out every year. Every year I get stressed. Every year is that's the week where I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do it. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to survive it. I'm too far behind. I don't know what I'm going to do. I honestly, I don't know how I got this done. I don't know how I got this podcast done back to back 
when I couldn't get week five out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm built different. I'm blessed. Thank you so much. It's a Christmas miracle. Until next time, remember, there are no bad hair days. You don't actually have to get married to someone after knowing them for three weeks. Unless you know. Unless you know. <laughs> I'll see you guys next time.